Welcome to the Sports Sister podcast, where we bring together professional experts with grassroots pioneers to discuss key topics for grassroots sport. I'm Natalie Doyle, and in this episode, I'm joined by two people with a lot of sporting experience. Darren Lawrence has worked in sports development for over 20 years, having held positions at Sport England and the FA. He now runs his own consultancy and helps clients including governing bodies, active partnerships, sports clubs, charities, local authorities in a number of areas, including research, strategy and people development and monitoring and evaluation. Mike Hannaway is a coach and club chairman at Footscray Lions JFC and league secretary at the Kent Girls and Ladies Football League. Footscray Lions have nine girls teams and an adult ladies team, as well as a scheme to mentor young people as they qualify as coaches and referees. I'm really looking forward to chatting to them. So let's get started. Right, Darren and Mike, thank you so much for giving up your time to talk with me today. We're going to talk about strategy, which I'm really looking forward to picking your brains about. I suppose, Darren, if I start with you, why do you think it's important that a club has a strategy. Hi, Nat. Yes. Um, well, a strategy is um, probably one of my kind of areas of uh, interest and passion. I'm not quite sure where that came from. But over the years, I've dealt with and, and supported and worked with many clubs, um, governing bodies, and other organisations uh, in in that area. And I think, really, for me, strategy is the kind of guiding light for the organization. So whether it's, you know, whatever organization it might be, whatever size it is and whatever, however it's structured, uh, voluntary, um, paid, professional, you know, however you want to uh, dice it up, really, I think um, the principles are the same. So, um, yeah, it's that sort of guiding light in terms of um, setting a clear direction for the the club, the organisation, um, you know, it, it tells people within the club, but not only within the club outside as well, um, in terms of, you know, what the club's all about. I think that there's a lot of things you can hang in a strategy and hang off a strategy, whether that's, you know, vision, purpose, mission, um, objectives, tactics, you know, how are you going to then go out to deliver this, who with, what partners you're going to speak to and bring into the uh, the work that you're doing. So um, I know it's not everybody's cup of tea and over the years, I think that's been um, a challenge in some respects and still is, you know, um, even now I'm doing work where, you know, you say the word strategy or plan, it switches people off. <laughs> that, is a, that is a challenge and it's a shame really, because I think, um, and I am a bit of a strategy geek, I would admit that, but I, I think you know you can't you can't have strategy without delivery and the, the doers and the people out on the ground and vice versa. I think you know yeah. I think it's really hard to go out and deliver and do and run a club without really knowing where you're headed. So I think the two do run hand in hand for me. So I don't know if that answers your question, um, but I think yeah, it's, it's that kind of framework, that guiding light, and and there's lots and lots that you can bring into that whole sort of strategic process um and it, it doesn't have to be this kind of all singing dancing document that looks like a governing body or looks like a local authority um it can be a simple one page or two pager i think that the principle is you know bringing people together some good leadership in there as well around this is where we're headed um 
this is what we're here to do. Um, and that really helps the, you know, if you're a new club setting up, I would always advise of trying to put a plan in place or a strategy in place. And even if you, you know, uh, my old club back in Hertfordshire, uh, where Lions, I think they're over 50 years now. Um, I, I would always, have, you know, clubs like that, it's never too late really to think strategically and, and plan things out so that you're making best use of resources, best use of people um, and the budgets that you've got, which, you know, are increasingly under pressure. Yeah, absolutely. It's the the importance of that clear direction, isn't it? Mike, how about for you? Why do you think it's important to have a strategy in place? Um, obviously, I'd echo a, a lot of what's just been said, but um, I, th- I think the key point for me on that is as well as actually it is the thing that brings everything together. And like like Darren said, a lot of people get scared when you talk about strategy and they, they think, oh my God, we're going to have to do you know the same as the local council strategy on housing and it's going to be 48 pages long or whatever but actually it's just about convincing people that actually we've already got a mission and an ethos and a plan of what we want to do which is run a good a well-run football club are there extra bits that we can improve and help on and that's just binding all those things together so it is that like you say it can only be a one and two page document it can be something you can talk about at committee meetings at agms it can be flat it can be flexible as well you know, it's depending on how the, the thing's going, but it's just really sort of touching base regularly just to make sure that you're still going in that right direction. And and I say, it's not as as scary as it looks. You don't have to draw one up from a, f- a fresh bit of paper every year. It's it, Most of it is what are we doing well and, and how can we continue to do that? Can we, you know, succession planning is a, is a key part of your strategy so that you don't end up with, you know, two or three people doing everything. So it's it's all those little bits and pieces but bringing them together to make sure that we're, we're focused really on what what we're trying to do rather than just drifting along. Yeah, those people are really important, aren't they? I know that, that's something that you mentioned as well, Darren, in, in your answer was around engaging the right partners. How important is it that you take people with you through that process? Yeah, I think it's essential. Um, and again, you know, any organisation I've worked for, you generally have the lead person or the person that's you know driving it, uh, which which you need, but it's it's no you know that person can't do it on their own. Uh, if it's only them, nothing's going to happen. Um, but you do need that blend of um, you know both internal within your club, with the committee, and you know if it's if it's a, a football club, you know the age group, managers, uh, the volunteers, you know everybody kind of pulling in that same direction, which. I guess we might come out with a few cliches tonight. In, yeah, in <laughs> definitely. Will. I'm just a tally, just so we know how many cliches yeah. do come out throughout the conversation. Can we play cliche bingo? And see go on. <laughs> but I guess they're cliches. They're cliches because they're true, aren't they? And you know, over the years, that's that's what uh, seen as important, and and it works. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, people are a key part of that strategy and um you know taking people with you they might be um just there for a short part of that strategy they might be there for the long haul they might just have a small part to play a small job or they might be involved across across a number of different areas um but yeah i I think the people will deliver that for you and and you are doing it with them and for them in terms of you know the players and the, the community of the club, so um, 
I think there is a job to do around, as we've touched on already, around that challenge around the word strategy, uh, and, and you know, for busy people, for volunteers, especially, especially if they're doing this stuff at, in the day job, do they really want to be doing it? You know, when it's supposed to be fun. But I think it can be fun and it can be positive if it's done in the in the right way, in a positive way. Um, and I think, as Mike sort of alluded to, there are there are people that. Um, I've done it before that can help you that um, uh, around and about in the community and other clubs now as well. So uh, I had some great news today. One of the clubs that I've been working with in Hampshire has um, received some football foundation funding. So uh, I think that's a great example. Brilliant. You know, one of the first things we said to them was, have you got a strategy? Have you got a plan? And it's not all about the funding. That's clearly a carrot and a, you know, an incentive. Um, but I think, you know, if you are looking at funding, at developing your facilities, developing your club, that is one of the first things the funders will ask you. How are you organised? How are you structured? You know, are we going to invest in this organisation? Are they credible? Uh, so on and so forth. So um, I think there's more to strategy than just that, but that's clearly a key part of it. How do you approach that within within your club, Mike? How do you approach strategy? Do you even call it strategy within your club? Um, that's a great question. I, we do, but not, but it tends to come through not on a, not on a day to, it's obviously not a day to day basis. It's not something that you look at every day or every week. Um, we, we try and meet as a committee every month. Um, so we have things on our standard standing agenda effectively that we need to sort of monitor and check that we're, we're heading in the right direction. So we have a standard agenda. Um, we, we, we have those committee meetings. The most important thing about those committee meetings are action points because then you don't just come back a month later and say, oh, yeah, we were going to do that, weren't we? And we never did. <laughs> um, so it's it's about just refocusing ourselves a little bit. And as I think, as I said before, a lot of our strategy is, is long-term. So we've got a strategy around um, the ground that we currently rent from the council, um, which has been going on for a long, long time. Anyone involved in Footscray will... We'll tell you how painful it is um it's a piece of land that the council rent to us on, a, on an annual rolling contract and we're desperately trying to get that longer and so we can make we can make some investment for it and get some funding on it but it's taking a long time but that's part of our strategy but while we're trying to engage with the council and get them to change their long-term view on it in the meantime part of our strategy is to the way we run our club is to create a fighting fund of, of cash that we've got so that when that, that time does come we can invest it we've got a short-term strategy around the ground um to make sure that things like fences are repaired and you know and it's actually maintained properly and we've got a proper contract around it so it's not just a one line we want to improve this ground actually there's some short-term stuff there's longer-term planning there's the desperate engagement with the council piece that we're trying to do so it's just refocusing ourselves and making sure we're all communicating as a committee and that everyone knows what we're trying to do around those big projects but then also making sure that you know following on from the chart standard stuff and the accreditation stuff that we're we're doing all those things that good clubs should be doing which is part of our strategy making sure coaches are you know are checked and doing their courses and their first days up to date all the boring stuff that a committee has to do but that should in my view that should be part of your strategy as well to make sure that you're you're maintaining that standard not just doing it once a year when your health check comes up mike can i, can I just 
Sorry, I'm doing your job, Nat. Can I just dive in with the question? Never a problem. How do you join those, so the big kind of picture stuff, the strategy vision of the, the, um, the big view of things yeah. and those, don't want to say smaller, but those kind of everyday or, or weekly things that need to be done? And how do you kind of give both the right amount of time and resource? Um, it's really difficult because, as I've, Nat said before, we've all we're all in a volunteer situation, so we've all got jobs and you know i'll be the first to admit that we can you know go go a long time without things happening on, on some of the things we want to do and um it's just i think the, the key to to joining them up is to make is to make sure we've got that communication rolling so that we i mean we have whatsapp is the the bane of lots of people's lives at the moment i've got about a thousand groups on my phone but um we have a you know we have a committee group of whatsapp so we've if we're all tasked to go away and do some stuff or to to chase chase bits and pieces up to get things done then we're just making sure we're all communicating on that as well so again it's not just you know four or five weeks later when we next meet that we have the role to updating each other so it's just staying in touch and just trying to do the you know the best we can with with the resources that we've got and and the resources are normally people and obviously again around volunteers and strategy it's brilliant to bring as many people as you can and try and encourage them but actually those people are probably already coaching teams and they're so they've already put their hand up to volunteer and do a really important job for the club and then we're just trying to eke out a little bit more of their time and, and particularly if they've got a skill set as well you know around if like you said at the beginning some people do strategy for a living I've I do it in, in in my work and and lots of people do have lots of skill sets outside of sort of football coaching so it's trying to tap into those but um it is it's it's not an easy one. You know, we've got 350, 400 kids, um, you know, that parent pool, then you would have thought there'd be lots of people out there, but there seems to be <laughs> only, <laughs> seems to be about a dozen, but um, yeah, it's, um, it's communications is the, is the one that the sort of takeaway I'd take from that to keep, keep those bits and pieces going. Yeah. And that's, that's a key, it sort of links back to something you said earlier, Mike, around the need for the strategy to be flexible. How do you make sure that, you're clear in what you want to do, but also you're open to maybe this isn't actually the right direction we should be heading in. How do you know when it's the right time to make those sort of changes? Um, I, I think that's a, that's a little bit of that is experience. A little bit of that is being prepared to to actually be like say to be flexible around things. If if it's not if it's not working, then you know. There is a famous quote, and you know, if you keep trying to do the same thing and getting the getting the wrong answer, then you know, it's, you need to you need to change tack, and and we've changed tack a little bit on some of the stuff we've been working with the council because we haven't been getting the answers we want from them. So we're, we're trying different routes to, to try and work it. So I think again, it's just it's it is a little bit like being at work. You've got to set a strategy, make sure you review it regularly, make sure you check the progress. If, you know, things aren't working, then don't be, don't be afraid to go back and, and look at it again. But as I said earlier, it's not, that's not an easy thing to do. And particularly if we're talking to, to young clubs and new clubs that are just starting out, that can sometimes feel like extra work. But um, it's, it's worthwhile if you can, you know, sp- spread that load a little bit and make, just make sure you're, you're looking at where you're going. 
Yeah, you must see that, Darren, as well, do you, with the organisations that you work with? They'll often have probably some sort of existing strategy, maybe that they've had before they look at developing a new one. They've probably got some learning from that, I would expect. How do you take the good bits from that and then add in anything new that needs to come in to make sure that they're being adaptable and flexible, maybe not sort of stuck in their in their thought process? Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, over the last two years, we've seen um, the impact of being flexible or not, haven't we? And those those that are still here and have survived and managed to kind of get through that are probably the ones that have had that uh, forward-looking, flexible, you know, creative, let's get through this difficult period by trying different things. None of us went through, has been through that kind of period before. Um, so, you know, I, I think it is important to have that mindset. Um, in terms of some of the other organisations, very similar, really. So um, there's generally, you know, so I do some work for Quest, which is the sport and leisure um, charter mark. It's a bit like Ofsted, but not not as um, uh, detailed. Um, so I'm in places, leisure, freedom, leisure, uh, doing different um, uh, work with different uh clients lee valley sports park different local authorities um yeah you, you do get to see a cross a real cross section of of different approaches but all of them i think you know that there's very much an awareness that a strategy is needed and required um i think there's different levels of flexibility and of um perhaps kind of forward looking so i know you know sport england have uh, last year released the 10-year strategy i think uk sport the same um generally we see kind of three to five year uh, strategies and i think that then gives you uh, well there's pros and cons of both approaches i guess if you if you're longer term you're really setting out your stall aren't you for for that period if you're a shorter term i think it does give you the ability to change direction or be a bit more nimble yeah um but yeah i think you know at, as I've said, the principles are very similar um, in terms of you know, having that strategy in place. This is where we think we're going to go, given the external environment and the internal um, environment that we're working with. The thing we can't control is the external environment, as we've seen. Um, we, we do have a bit more control, I suppose, but not total control over internal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess we just need to be mindful of that, that best laid plans and you know, I think a plan is different to a strategy. A strategy is a bit more kind of vision-like, a bit more, um, gives you a bit more freedom to change yeah. things. Whereas your plan, um, and I would advise you, you have both, but then I, I would do, wouldn't I, being a... Because <laughs> you have strategy. <laughs> um, the plan is a bit more kind of, this is what we're doing next week, this is what we're doing next year. Uh, strategy is, is kind of that broader view yeah. of where you're headed. So... Um, yeah, I think, and the last two years has been a real test of that, I think, for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. More flexible than ever, haven't we, the last two years? Yeah, I definitely agree with that as well. I think it just comes back to one of the things we said at the beginning. We, When we had to go through what we did through the last couple of years, when, when we all sat down and got the directive from the FA and said, this is what you can and what you can't do, as a club, we all got together, rallied, came up with a plan, worked it, you know, when football did come back and we had loads of restrictions around it, we all decided who was going to be the COVID officer, who was going to do this, who was going to do that. 
and we just got on with it quickly to get make sure the, the kids carried on playing football. If we then turn around and said to someone, oh, guess what, we just strange changed their short-term strategy, everyone would have gone, oh, yeah, we did, didn't we? You know, it, it wasn't something we, we didn't call a meeting to say we're going to revisit our strategy and change it, but we actually did. Yeah. And we so we reacted to to the circumstances that arise. I mean, hopefully we never have to react to some, such extreme circumstances again. But those big tweaks, little tweaks, big changes are are the things that you need to you need to adopt. And it's not as scary as having to to sit down and 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 write the plan because a lot of the time you get on with it. It's just making sure you record what you're doing and 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 getting those actions and getting those people to do you know to to follow up and. And once you've agreed where you're going to go, to make sure that people carry on and, and do that, and that's been clearly in the in the last two years because people wanted the kids to carry on playing football. In our case, well, kids and and adults as well. But um, so we yeah, people got on with it. So true, isn't it? Because there might be people listening to this who think, oh, the idea of writing a strategy sounds really daunting, but actually they're probably doing it. Yeah, they've probably got an idea of where the club that. What, where they want it to go they might not have formalized it into a plan or a strategy as in on a document but they probably have an idea between themselves or the committee and that makes it probably less daunting doesn't it when you look at what you're already doing yeah that's one of the things I, I'm when before this I made a few notes and one of the things I wrote down when you you said to you know about tips for different people was that actually they've probably got a huge chunk of it already yeah and it's just it's just formalizing that and then just making sure that that, that those things happen and they as a committee, as a club, they probably all agree where they want, what they, you know, their core stuff that they want to do is, is probably there for them already. I guess that's a lot of what you do, Darren, isn't it? When you go into an organisation, it's about bringing together all of people's ideas, all of the thoughts and experiences that they've already got and maybe helping them to formalise that a little bit. Yes. Yeah, so um, I uh, work with a um, football league club over the last well, we finished this time last year and the big part of that was what do the partners want? What do the so-called customers want? So, you know, it's a slightly different audience, I guess. Um, we were talking to local authorities, to local development agencies, to um, community associations, community groups, and really trying to bring together everybody's needs and everybody's kind of desire in terms of that that club and that community. Um, and again, I don't see that too much different. Some of the partners might be different and some of the conversations you might have might differ. Um, but really, I've, I think, um, and the community might be slightly more focused and smaller. And I guess, you know, your players are, are your number one, aren't they? And, and your parents and um, everybody kind of connected with getting football happening at the weekend or during the week in the evening. Um, but, but I think, yeah, that's part of bringing people with you is to make sure you consult with them. And I did ha I have had some interesting conversations, not with the organisation I mentioned, but previous years where I think one director or one trustee did query why we were speaking to staff about the strategy. So <laughs> this was quite a few years ago. Um, and that that view i think is still out there you know why why would we why don't we just tell people what we're doing from yeah. top down and it for me it's it's got to come that there has to be that leadership as i've mentioned which may well be top top down but i think you, you've got to 
uh, encompass and, and, and bring together everybody um, across the, the whole sections of the club, you know, and make sure that they feel part of it because um, they're the ones really that, well, hopefully they're the ones that are going to benefit, but also they might need to contribute as well in terms of getting things delivered and developed. So, yeah, it's a um, uh, whole picture. That was really interesting for us pre-COVID. We started to think about that a lot in terms of player engagement. And um, we started off a, a youth council within the club um, and did some really good things at the beginning. Had Because we aimed it sort of at 14 to 16, 18-year-olds, it was, and they'll be the first to, to agree with me, it's quite difficult to engage them in some ideas. You have to get them talking. It's quite difficult. Um uh, but they came out some, with some great stuff. They did some some charity stuff, but we wanted to get their feedback into to how the club was was for them as well. Because ultimately, it was it was really easy for us to be a committee of adults. And I know we have got some we got senior ladies team. We have got some adult teams within the club, but we're mostly juniors. Um, we got a committee full of adults, and we were talking to parents a lot. Um, but were we actually talking to the people that we're we're meant to be putting the, we're doing all the work for? Um, unfortunately. COVID sort of knocked knocked us back a little bit in terms of that that youth council meeting up, but it's obviously something we're trying to re-engage with now that we're back again. But um, they they did some great stuff, raising some charity stuff. They were they were really keen that that we used the club message to to get some of those ideas around, you know, doing stuff for food banks, doing bits and pieces around that that they really wanted to get involved with, um, and getting some positive messages out really and try and support some of the stuff the FA did to make sure that 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 got off to. Um, so their fellow players, particularly around mental health and all those sort of those campaigns that that necessarily, you know, that goes out to the parents, but then does it filter down to the to the people that should actually be looking at it? So, yeah, just just re- returning to your point, really, it's engaging all the stakeholders, with with the caveat that you do have to sort of guide guide a little bit and 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 get the sort of questions out there that you need, rather than it can't just be a you know, three three hundred opinions, and you and the and the one with the most votes wins. Ultimately, you have to have a committee looking after it. But you, it's just getting as much feedback in as you can to sort of make sure you are trying to make the right decisions for the right reasons. Yeah, it helps with that sense of belonging as well, doesn't it? For the players, if they feel like they've contributed to that, they're more likely to be bought into what what it is that you're trying to achieve. Yeah, and you also have to recognise that. A, a huge chunk of players and parents will go, you know, when you ask them what you want out of the club, they say, well, I'd just like to turn up and play football, please. Yeah. But if you can engage with the ones that are more, more interested in, in other stuff, then, then absolutely. And now I think I, well, I mentioned at the start, uh, before we were recording about uh, the previous podcast with uh, David Faulkner mm-hmm. talking about culture. Yeah. And I think that's really culture and strategy for me are, are linked i know there's a quote about that which i won't repeat um but i think um yeah having that kind of inclusive culture across the club um works wonders you know you'll attract new members you'll it will be it will start to thrive if you've got that culture that's inclusive you're involving people you're consulting people all right you might not be able to you know, meet everybody's needs or, or desires in terms of what they want. But I think just being listened to is really important and showing that you're listening to, to your 
community and your players. Definitely. So we talked a lot about how you sort of might approach that strategy. Once you've got your strategy, how do you then drive that forward? How do you deliver it? I know, Mike, you mentioned a good point earlier about making sure it's always on the agenda of your committee meetings. What other tips have you got about how you sort of take that forward? Um, I, th- I think really it's trying to, sh- to share it and, I, and I'll be the first to, to admit that we're not great at that. We haven't been great at that in the past. Um, again, this is always one of the, the great things about doing something like this is actually makes you, I've been thinking about strategy for the last couple of days. So <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm very much aware that if I said to the vast majority, well, I'd hope not the vast majority, but a, a good chunk of, of the parents or the, or the players that are, you know, the, what I'd call our senior players, if they knew what the club's strategy was or what the club's ethos was, I kind of hope they would they would get it. But I appreciate that they probably a load of them wouldn't. And that's because, one, they would might turn around and say, why am I interested in how you run the club? You just, you know, run it, I play football. And some of them might say, well, I'd be interested, but, I, but where do I find out? So I think without endlessly, you know, communicating every every sort of detail of, of the meetings that you have, we do bring our managers into probably eight meetings a year and just try and make sure that when, when we talk about stuff at our committee level, we make sure they talk about it. We talk about it then with our coaches when we have them into meetings and we talk about it with the youth council as well when hopefully we're back up and running with them. Um, but for me, the, the difficulty then is is we rely on that sort of that cascading downwards. Yeah. So it's really difficult then to, to know how, when that cascading stops. So we're all sort of 600 parents know, know what our strategy is. Probably not. If, if they, would they know maybe more importantly, would they, if they wanted to know, would they know where to ask? Yes. There's a parents rep, there's a chairman, there's a, the committee is, is known and, they know when we meet and we have, you know, have AGMs, etc. So if they, if they want to know, they can find out. But do those messages go out all the time? I'm, I'm not sure is the answer. But yeah, and when it as it get cascades downwards, the message can get diluted a bit, can't it? As well, and actually, you really want the message to get through to those people because those parents could be your potential volunteers of the future. You would hope so. It's about trying to make sure that they're still understanding what it is that the, the wider club is trying to do. Yeah, and I think that that's with not necessarily even with you know volunteer football clubs. That's with all organisations. Certain some of the organisations that I've been in, it's I think like you said, Darren, before when someone said to you about you know why do the staff need to know and be involved in it? It's actually it's it's that any organisation. It's make you know. It's engaging with everyone that within it, uh, you know, and, and getting the right level for, level for that, and that that can be hard, you know, without bombarding people with with you know newsletters and emails and WhatsApps. It's people can switch off if you do too much, but people also want to know, you know, if you don't do enough. So it is a balance. I think the only thing I'd add to that is, and the communication point is really interesting, isn't it? Because ne- never before have we had so many ways yeah. and so much communication, which which is great, but also can be a, um, a downside in terms of, you know, every demands on people's time, especially if they're part of, you know, they might be involved in your club, but other, you know, busy people are generally busy because they're doing lots of other things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, the only other point I was going to mention was I think it's important to celebrate the strategy and your progress. And you can do that in a number of different ways, um, which kind of tick the boxes for, for you as a club, but also um, engage people you know, in, in different ways. So whether that's an in-person event um, around, I don't know, just pulling some ideas, uh, you know, around an England game or, you know, something that you might you might do to collectively as a club. It might be your presentation evening, your AGM, um, just trying to join different things together and then making the strategy kind of part of that so that it's not seen as a separate entity that's happening over there. You know, it's, it's central to the club in terms of what, what's going on. Yeah, that's a really good point. We... I mean, I need to start wrapping up the conversation, but I feel like we've got loads more that we can <laughs> still cover. But, it's, but let's let's just go with. It. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get your brains focused now. So prepare yourselves. And I want you to think about if you've got clubs or organisations who are listening to this, who are looking about how they develop a strategy and how they deliver that. What would your top tips be? I'm not going to limit you to a number. Just your top tips. You can choose how many you think are top. I'll, I'll go. Shall I shout? I'll go first. Then shall I? Um, so, I think one one I said already was was don't be don't be afraid of it um, because you're probably doing the vast majority, if not at least a good chunk of it already, and it's just getting down what you're doing already onto onto not, you know I was going to say onto paper then, but that's that makes me sound very old, doesn't it? But onto <laughs> onto some sort of electronic storage. Um, but yeah, so don't be don't be off put by the by the size of the task. Um, and secondly, for me, just ask for help. There's so many people yeah. out there willing to help, whether that's your county FA, whether that's FA mentors, whether that's, you know, all, all sorts of organisations like, you know, there's lots of great podcasts you can listen to about strategy, including this one. Yes, um, there is. There is. But there is so much you can, you know, can get help from. And you'd be su- surprised as well if you t- talk to other clubs. You know, don't be afraid. You know, you can be rivals on the pitch, but the other, all your local clubs are made up of committee members who are who are like you, trying to do the best for their best for their clubs. So, yeah, you know, chat to your county FAs, and they can put you in touch with a club that might be further down the track than you are. That might have similar, you know, looks like they've been on a similar journey to the one you're starting, and and you know, that, that's really useful. And, and those people tend to be people that are happy to have you know phone conversations with you, and that. And let you know how it went for them. So yeah, that, that would be my top two. Don't be scared of, about the size of it, and and ask for help. Great tips, Darren. What have you got for us? Yeah, I think I can't really add much uh, more to that. I think I was going to say chunk it down. You know, it's not this massive. Doesn't need to be this massive task. You can chunk it down into smaller, um, smaller steps. Uh, start small. So start where you are, and build from there. So and start with what you know. Um, I think the county FA is a, is a great shout. I think maybe over the years, I think it's better now, but maybe over the years they've not been seen as the first port of call for clubs around this kind of area, but they, they should be um, because, you know, they've got a lot of really good staff trained in this whole area around planning, development planning, and, and they're there. They're, you know, they're, they're a resource free of charge to go and work with and, and they want to work with you. Active partnerships as well. Um have got some great uh, resources, great uh, resources online. Um, you know, some of the Sport England, uh, Club Matters uh, resources are, are online as well. Speaking to other clubs, as Mike said, 
Um, and yeah, that, I think maybe uh, the, the only other thing is get a get a kind of a team of you within the club, so it's not just doesn't just fall on you or a another, you know, someone else to to drive it. I think it, there is definitely power in in getting numbers uh, behind this and getting that momentum going. Yeah, I think yeah. just just to add to that as well, you can even even if so, you know someone within your parent group may may not want to do you know volunteer to be chairman or club secretaries that's like an everyday every 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 week role. Actually, if your part of your strategy is to develop Project X, you might be able to create a little project group where they their skill set fits nicely and and it brings them on board. So yeah, like you say, breaking it down into those chunks is is a good way to get volunteers on board as well. And then they might get the bug as well. They might come on well, board and just help you for that bit. And then they decide okay. that actually they want to do a little bit more. Yeah, then we can all retire and just let them run it. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, um, some really good advice in there. Thank you both very much for um, for joining me to talk about strategy today. It's been really interesting. Lots of really great tips there, I think, for clubs. So thank you very much for giving up your time. Right, pleasure. Nice to talk to you. Thanks, Nat. Thanks for inviting me. I really enjoyed that conversation. I think Darren's right. Strategy can sometimes be perceived as a bit dry, but I think both Mike and Darren showed how it can be realistic and how you can chunk it down and make it achievable for your club. There were some fantastic tips in there as well around the importance of celebrating strategy and the progress that you make and about involving key stakeholders in developing your strategy. Mike also talked about the importance of involving the voice of young people, especially if you've got young people involved in your club, which you probably have. Also, it doesn't need to be called a strategy. It can be a plan. And you're probably already thinking about what that might look like for your club or organisation. I hope you found the conversation useful. We'll be back again next week with another two fantastic guests. Thank you very much for listening. Listening.